Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Warriors and Guitars podcast. My name is Michael Tedder. I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Zach Lopez. Hi. Uh, for those who are just tuning in for the first time, uh, this is a podcast based on a reading series that Zach and I, for the last several years, uh, we would get together musicians, music writers, people who don't necessarily write about music, poets, what have you. We all get together at this uh, bar we love, Hi-Fi, once a month, and read pieces, and just hang out and have fun. And recently, and very sadly, uh, Hi-Fi closed, and I was very heartbroken, but you got to move forward in life after you grieve. So it's I'm true. happy to say this next Tuesday will be the first uh, Works and Guitars taking place at Pete's Candy Store. It's true. Over in, in Williamsburg. Yeah. Up-and-coming neighborhood in Brooklyn. I hear, I hear, it's, I hear it's booming. I hear uh, people yeah. are moving there. Yeah. I, hear, I hear they got a good music scene. Yeah. It's the, it's the new Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so look forward to that. And if you are in the neighborhood, it starts at 7 p.m. Uh, we'll be doing it, I think, the third Thursday of every month. I'll get back to you about that. All right. So today, uh, our guest is Susie Exposito, who is the assistant music editor at Rolling Stone and is formerly of MTV and Rookie and is a very smart, wonderful person that we are lucky to have here. And how are you doing today? Oh, thank you for that. I'm, I'm good. How's it going? Doing good. Doing good. And uh, so we, uh, the theme of today's episode is when the world seems to be falling apart, do you find that music is something that gives you comfort or does it sometimes seem like, wow, this is kind of a trivial thing to care about uh, when there's so much going on? And I personally go back and forth all the time. How about you? Um, music has always been a lifeline for me, even, you know, I mean, just, just throughout my entire life, it's been a lifeline. And uh, as you know, as, as much as us, us music writers might beat ourselves up for not being like a hundred percent part of the hashtag resistance. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think it is important to, um, I, I think it's important to stay engaged in music because I think a lot of other people rely on it to get by, you mm-hmm. know? Well, you, you grew up in Florida, right? I did. Yeah. So, I needed music. Yeah, right from the get-go. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, fuck, fuck the new times. You were already, you were already in it. But yeah, that's that's the thing is like, um, especially if you if you grew up in, I mean, I don't know. Everybody has problems, right? Yeah. Everybody does. Um, I think that a lot of the problems that have become more evident to people, especially people in like the... Uh, lefty New York bubble in mm-hmm. the media bubble. Like um, a lot of these problems existed for way longer than anyone could have conceived of, you know, like, yeah. and so, um, you know, I mean, it's, I wouldn't feel that bad for being a person who does music for a living um, in any, in any capacity right now. Um, I, I think that what musicians are doing right now are providing a really valuable service mm-hmm. um, and helping people cope through things. And I, I respect it all the way. Yeah. Do you find yourself listening to more topical music or more escapist music? Or is, is there, do you not differentiate? Um, I think it really depends on how I'm feeling when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, you know, there are times I wake up and I really just want to rage and, mm-hmm. um, 
that's that's when I'll just like play really heavy music. Or sometimes if I feel particularly despondent about the state of affairs on that particular day, then yes, I'll I'll put on some weird ambient shit. Like <laughs> Right. Yeah. yeah, like sometimes like this year when like you're very, you know, trying to be cognizant, like you need to be listening to people as a white man and very cognizant of the fact that you need to step down, try taking other people's perspectives and you know, listen to like priests or downtown boys. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, try to like figure out or you know, just really try to hear other people's voice. I already said hear other people's voice, but they're really kind of taking that perspective. Yeah. But there's other days when all I want to do is just listen to the war on drugs, bliss out, not read the news and not care about anything. And then mm-hmm. later I feel bad for doing that. Like, uh, that's kind <laughs> of not the attitude. I mean, war on drugs is a great band or everything, but like maybe that's not the attitude we need at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, not to, certainly not to push back on that, Michael, yeah. but uh, <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I would, argue that certainly priests with like their newest album, especially, I mean, I, I think it gets a little weird when, when we start thinking of certain bands because of whatever marginalized community they're from, not having the same pleasure principle no, as like war on drugs, you know, yeah, I understand I mean, what you mean. The, 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 the are fun. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's, you know, it's interesting because uh, I was thinking about that a lot because um, you know, there's the new Haram album mm-hmm. and that album is fucking sick. Yeah. It's great. It's just a really good hardcore record. And of course, the fact that it's sung in Arabic is important, you know, but a lot of the writing about it has been like, this is really important. This is an yeah. important album, you know? <laughs> and you're like, yeah, no, no, it, it is. And it's beautiful. And it's, a, you know, the, the presentation of it. Mm-hmm. And of course, the identity is, you know, this is important. But it also does kind of take away from the fact no. that it's a really good hardcore album. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I think that's a, it's an important thing to kind of like be like, they're they're musicians they're just doing their shit Mm -hmm. right you know just try to make art and sometimes when things are important capital i yeah (laughs) like sometimes i wonder myself like are you listening to this because you actually enjoy it because you want to be seen as a good person doing the right thing and you know i go back and forth that myself and try like check myself on that yeah same well are there there bands are there bands like growing up or even now that you sort of well i don't want to put any bands down well no fuck it they'll live um that you sort of were like i should listen this is something i should be listening to and then you're like you know what i don't actually i'm not having a good time uh you don't have to answer that but i want you to i have a really hot take i want it give it come on okay to me that band was the raincoats oh (laughs) yeah that makes sense that's a scorching hot take i'm sorry i'm not into it yeah you know i never was um i yeah I, uh, you know, I respect him a lot as a person, as an activist, seems like a very smart guy. Never cooked with me and Billy Bragg. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. Huh. I respect See, I find the, that very accessible. See, like, no, I totally talented, but I hear like, yeah, that's good music. Like, I'm a big lefty. I appreciate him as a lefty icon, but like, would I ever personally played in my own apartment while I'm like cooking dinner? Probably not. I don't know why. I just never connected. Yeah, I, I think like with me and the raincoats is like I definitely appreciate their contributions to mm-hmm. like feminist art. Um, but that the thing is, is that my appreciation of them has always been from a distance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just like was never emotionally moved by their music. Um, and it's it's kind of hard to... Uh, I guess, like, talk about, especially especially when you're talking about, like, women who make music, it's like, <sighs> like, it's okay if you don't connect with everything yeah. that, you know, somebody who's like you in a certain way, like, 
if, if, if you don't connect with everything that they make, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, a, I think that ties into a lot of stuff. Like, you know, shit's not going to be equal until mm-hmm. you can be like, yeah, that's not for me. And it not, and it not being like, right. Yeah. A deep intake of breath. Yeah. You yeah. Know? <laughs> like, uh, yeah. uh, but, uh, yeah, the raincoats is a tough one. Uh, because I mean, I generally just because I, I like punk more than I like art, mm-hmm. you know, for me, <laughs> I, I, you yeah. know, I, it's going to be like, I, I respect like Laura logic and I respect mm-hmm. Lilliput and I respect the raincoats and stuff like that. Yeah. But I still would rather listen to x-ray specs. Right. You know, exactly. like, yeah. Oh no, that, you know, that beat, like you really, uh, that, that's how I feel too, is I'm a sucker for a good, uh, rhythm. And right. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and the same reason why I'd rather listen to gang of four than the X, Yeah, you know, I respect the X Yeah, and I, I dig it, but gang of four is, you know, that, that, but super, super fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm, it's I'm, definitely I'm, I'm a basic. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a matter, it's a matter of taste of personal taste. Mm-hmm. And definitely like as a music critic who came up in like Tumblr era, you know, yeah. um, it's been, a wild ride for me. <laughs> what was Tumblr? What was it like to come in from the Tumblr era? Because like by the time Tumblr was a thing, I was way too old to like connect with any of that stuff. I mean, well, listen, I I guess um, my era. I was a teenager um, when Live Journal was a big thing. I yeah. started out with. I was maybe in the uh, cusp between Live Journal and MySpace eras. Mm-hmm. So I had both of them, yeah. And then I got a Tumblr when I was nineteen, um, and I guess like that was it, it. wasn't the only place where like I was thinking about identity politics. I was also in college, mm-hmm. and so um, I was also an activist, yeah. and um, so all of these things were happening around the same time. And I think that there was just like a style of discourse that was happening on Tumblr that wasn't happening in mm-hmm. my classroom. You know, um, I went to college, I went to a private college in Manhattan mm-hmm. and uh, it just, I wasn't having the same conversations in class as I was having on Tumblr. Mm-hmm. And so being a music critic, and I always wanted to be a music critic from the time I was maybe 12, Mm-hmm. So weird. I know, right? What a weirdo. I know. I'm <laughs> such a freak. I, <laughs> um, yeah, I just knew that that was what I wanted to do. And I uh, wrote music reviews um, in my high school newspaper. Um, what was on, the first one? Oh, what was the first album that I officially reviewed in a newspaper? Yeah. Um, I think it might have been... Let's see. This it must have been like two thousand five. So I think the first album I reviewed was probably like Broken Social Scene. Oh wow! Um, Or the self-titled. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think yeah, that was two thousand five. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a good review? Bad review? Great review. That's a good album. Yeah. I loved You Forgot It in People, so I was really stoked to uh, review that one. Um, I, yeah, I guess like during that time, the albums that I was reviewing in high school, it was like, um, I think like Amy Winehouse, Lily Mm -hmm. Allen, um, like I guess the strokes, um, yeah, 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 all that stuff. 
But weren't you also listening to a lot of like, he- like not- I hesitate, hesitate to say new, new metal. metal. All right, let's say new metal. Just say it. All right, new metal. New. <laughs> it's well, not a bad word. That's, that's how I, per- I perceive of you as a new metal fan. So, Well, uh, I mean, it's, it's worth pointing out that you grew up in Jacksonville, Florida. Mm-hmm. And uh, who is the biggest musical act to ever come from Jacksonville? Limp Biscuit. On They went to my high school. All of them? Yeah. Or no. I think I think Fred Durst, like, dropped out. Okay. Um. He, he, I think he went there for like a spell, but everybody else went to my high school. Mm-hmm. Um, Yellow Card also went to my high school. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Do they, are there plaques there at the high school now <laughs> no. to, to commemorate the? Uh, <laughs> no. Seems feels like a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm from Orlando, Florida, and uh, when I was in college, was around the time that like Backstreet Boys and NSYNC were blowing up, uh-huh. and like. Matchbox 20 also from Orlando was like really big and being like a college kid and snobby and a little bit kind of insecure. I was like always constantly like apologizing for my state and shit talking <laughs> them. It's like my state's given the music, the worst music in the world from there. And now it's like, ah, eh, you know, Backstreet Boys has some songs. Oh yeah. I can't really say anything about Matchbox 20 though. <laughs> no, nor, nor, nor can I. Yeah. I'm, from, I'm from Massachusetts. I don't have to defend any of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> but what was going up? What was growing up in Jacksonville like? Like, so is this? Uh, and what sort of you were into new metal? Uh huh. What, what, what was like? What was a beating new metal fan in the early two thousands as it started to wane? Like, yeah, I I think. Um, let's see. I moved to Jacksonville when I was in middle school, mm-hmm. and um, I mean, in in Miami, like it was a really big thing. Uh, as well my my parents they split up and like my dad Mm -hmm. stayed in miami and my mother moved to jacksonville yeah um with my stepdad and so it it was kind of funny because like um my stepdad is a very very conservative white guy Mm -hmm. and uh taught me how to shoot a gun when i was 11. so more of a kid rock fan he's he no he hates kid rock it's really funny though because he actually was a huge like industrial music fan, mm-hmm. and um, he, I mean, like what he, kind of industrial? He music listened music? to everything, though. I mean, he like I inherited so many albums from him. Like he gave me all of his Ministry records. Uh-huh. Wow. He had um, like Skinny Puppy, Whoa. Nine Inch Nails, and all that stuff. Yeah, and so I inherited that from him. But it was so funny because when we'd be driving in the car and I would put on Corn or something, he'd be like, "Oh my God, put." like <laughs> take the shit off yeah. <laughs> you know he hated it he'd be like this isn't as good as nine inch nails it's really, it's really taking prejudice of small differences to a, to, a, <laughs> to a wild extreme yeah i mean the other day i was like driving down to florida actually with my partner and like i was like i want to listen to corn and he was like oh my god please don't and then <laughs> i was like you know what and i just like start going off about how corn like ripped off of primus and he's like oh my god i don't care stop it <laughs> i was like no let's listen to primus and he's like oh my god no, <laughs> no I, 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 get, I still fuck with primus yeah i, I could you know I, that, that you know i don't i don't play it often but yeah you know i definitely don't i think it was just because like we were driving on the highway and, and you're a spiteful person yes i uh <laughs> Zach and I first met when I worked at this website called The Talk House, where we have musicians write about pieces, and Zach was one of my favorite writers there. And I think, I think I tried to get him to write about Primus, had done an album-length cover 
of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I said, do you want to review this? And you were like, no. <laughs> I don't remember that. Well, you know, I think that was at the, you know, there was before the industry sort of crushed my spirit. Mm-hmm. I think I I wanted to, like, I was like, well, I don't want to write something about something just to make fun of it. Yeah. Or, you know, I don't think I could be enthusiastic about this. Yeah. Like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Old, old Zach self. Yeah. You know, <laughs> now give me, give me 150 and I'll, you know, destroy a family member. <laughs> So you, did uh, did your partner even join the Primus at all? No. No. What song did you play? No, he he was just like, oh, this is like what my dirtbag older brother listened to. So that's what my dirtbag older brother listened to. My dirtbag older brother was very intent on making sure I looked like Primus because he caught me listening to Weezer or whatever. I think he thought that was too oh, soft. Yeah. That he was like. <laughs> Florida, man. It's a weird place. It is. See, I was both the dirtbag older brother and like sensitive little brother to myself. Mm -hmm. I I actually have um, four younger siblings. Okay. None of them really care about music. Uh. (laughs) So it's really wild. My parents, they they love music, actually. They've Mm -hmm. always been really interested in it. And they both had goth phases in the 80s. Makes sense. And... Which is actually very, very common for um, Latinx parents, uh, which a lot of people don't know, but a lot of them love Depeche Mode mm-hmm. and Morrissey and mm-hmm. The Cure, and um, that was totally my parents. So yeah. they got me a Nirvana CD when I was like 10. Um, so it, it was kind of funny because growing up, uh, growing up kind of between cultures, like Jacksonville has some very like Southern elements to it. It's Mm -hmm. in the Bible belt. I mean, like you really can't drive, um, you know, five minutes without seeing a church or like several churches (laughs) in a row. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just everybody there goes to church. Yeah. Um, Or at least everybody did when I lived there. Um, So it must've been like 2002. Mm -hmm. And um it, it was funny just listening to all this like dark sided music when living in a place like that and like being the new kid, being like a little brown girl who yeah. just listened to all this like devil music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my um, my mom actually a couple years ago, she um, called me up because my little brother was being bullied and oh. my brother, he's like a huge anime nerd, you mm-hmm. know, and like loves Minecraft. That'll, that'll do it. Yes, right. bless him. But um, he, he, I mean, the thing is, he's very tall and like stocky, but he's just getting bullied the shit sure. out of. Yeah. And so my mom like called me up and she was like, okay, so your brother is going to that terrible middle school that you went to that you also hated and he's getting bullied. Like, do you have any advice? Like, could you talk to him? And I was like, I don't know, mom. Like, what do you want me to say? <laughs> yeah, it's really something you just kind of have to get through. Exactly. Like, I mean, if you're if you're a guy, and especially if you're not tight, like, I mean, you yeah, just, you just gotta. It's just something you're gonna think about yeah. for the rest of your life. Yeah, and and I told her I was like, well, you know, he he's probably getting like a different experience than I got. Um, mm-hmm. Being, I I think I think uh, every kid has to kind of deal with it like individually according to like your own capacity to deal with things. Um, I have a very loud mouth. I always Mm -hmm. did. And when I was 12, I was definitely like writing checks that my ass couldn't cash. (laughs) So um, (laughs) 
basically, you know, my mom, my mom was like, okay, well, what, what did you do to survive when you were in middle school? And I was like, honestly, I found the scariest kids that I could find. And I sat with them at lunch and mm-hmm. listened to a lot of Marilyn Manson so yeah. that everybody else would leave me the hell alone. That's solid advice. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I mean, find, yeah. find your own little crew of scary people. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it I was. I don't know what the anime equivalent of that is though. Right. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. They're, they're out there. Um, I mean, we, we used to watch anime too. We would watch like Cowboy Bebop and um, Neon Genesis EVA and like. Uh, anyway, um, my mom was like, that's terrible advice. I don't want him <laughs> hanging out with scary kids. And I was like, well, that's what I did. Yeah, and you she can't have w- it both ways, mom. <laughs> well, you asked me. Yeah. yeah. So what did, what did you end up telling him? <laughs> I told him exactly that. Mm. <laughs> has, he, has, he, and has he followed your advice? He's you know? fine now. I mean, he goes to like a, a special like science school now. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. um, he's in high school he's a freshman in high school and he gets to study like science and coding and things like that. So yeah. he's a little, he's a little bit more in his element. Oh, now. that's good. Yeah. yeah. What, yeah. I, what I found to be most helpful when like in high school, when you're being bullied is to find the one or two people less popular than yourself yeah. and then victimize them. <laughs> oh, you know? I think that's really, that's the way to do it. You know, any, uh, listeners, any high school age listeners, you know, yeah. <laughs> there's always, there's always someone smaller to brutalize. <laughs> I feel like that still applies. Oh yeah. Actually, I mean, when you're you an adult. adult <laughs> there's always someone smaller to brutalize. Yeah, totally. It's funny. You were saying this about Florida and uh, I definitely agree. And if you're, if you're in Orlando, you're driving to Gainesville uh, to see a football game like I would, no. If you were driving to Gainesville <laughs> to go see a show, which is the nice I did, right? Friends lived in Gainesville. Mm-hmm. You get to a stretch where literally every minute there is a very explicit pro-life, anti-abortion billboard. Yep. And like they could not be less subtle about it. Mainly pictures of children or like Jesus or whatever. It's like abortion kills a beating heartbeat. It's like barrading you. Over and over. Yeah. And uh one of my favorite bands is against me. And a few years ago, I got a chance to interview Laura Jane Grace right when their album White Crosses came out. And like, there's a song about like driving in Florida and seeing White Crosses, everyone is smashing them all. It's like, Laura <laughs> yeah. Jane Grace, you understand what you, you understand what it's like to be a Floridian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I fell in love with Against Me in high school. Um, I that was actually the first punk show I went to. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Where'd you see him? Uh, I saw them in St. Augustine oh, cool. in 2005. Nice. And it was like the day after my 16th birthday. Was it the tour with Blood Brothers? No. Oh, okay. No, I missed Blood Brothers, yeah. um, unfortunately. Um, that was a hell of a tour. I bet it was. Yeah. Like, yeah, I would have died at that show, probably literally died at that show. Uh, <laughs> I was really small and it, like I just got hella dinged up and like bruised when I uh, emerged from the pit at that Mm -hmm. show. Um, It was really nice, actually. It was a nice first punk show for me because I, um, we went to this venue, I think it was called uh, Cafe 11. Okay. And it was down the street from the beach. So we saw against me, we just like, me and my friends just got really like uh, hyped and after the show, we all just like ran down to the beach and like went in the water. And oh, nice! It was really cute. 
And then I smoked pot for the first time too. Uh, so, great... you, so basically it was all an entire coming of age movie. Yeah. Yes. In, that in, that in one, one night. night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Sick. <laughs> what, 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 what should we call that film? Oh gosh. Uh, sink Florida sink. <laughs> Done. Wow. Actually, I think yeah. Netflix is going to send us a check. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what some people might not know is Susie, you were also working on a graphic novel or you are a artist? Yes. Visual art? Yeah, I I do comics as well. I think you just outlined a comic you need to make. Oh, that's definitely part of it, yes. Cool. Yeah. Um I for for all those who I have not um drunkenly disclosed this idea to, uh <laughs> I am actually doing a series of interviews with um, my best friend from high school mm-hmm. who was an immigrant from from uh, Venezuela and uh, he got deported the week after we graduated. Mm-hmm. And I really, um, we definitely grew up together and I think, I, I, I think not just like actually just literally growing up together, but like we, grew up like intellectually together, we had to kind of figure out what our, um, where we were situated Mm -hmm. in a place like Jacksonville um, as, you know, Latinx punks Mm -hmm. um, in a really, really like polarizing place, you Mm know? Um, And that said, we we had very different experiences of this place, you know, Um, but, I, I like met up with him over Thanksgiving and like uh, th- or over Thanksgiving break and um, we just had so many like hilarious conversations that some people would probably think were really dark, you know, like the time yeah. like these fucking like um, baby neo-Nazis like crashed our friend's birthday party and shit Whoa. like that would happen all the time right. <laughs> in Jacksonville. It was like you couldn't go to certain punk shows um, because they'd just like pick on um, kids of color and were just like really terrible. Um, and they they were everywhere. Um, so it's, it's kind of funny because now the uh, now, now punching Nazis is like a meme. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's an interesting thing when you grow up in a place where you know, the clan just always had this like strong legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I guess like in Jacksonville, it's considered the big city in North Florida. Yeah. Um, so some of that stuff was like more subdued. Um, but when you go like when you're driving to Gainesville from either Jacksonville or Orlando, it gets yeah. like very, very dark. Mm-hmm. And um it's I like I, I don't know. I just, I had seen things and experienced things that only just now I'm, I'm seeing a lot of like liberal media sort of latch on to as being like, oh my God, America is going down. And just right. like, this is America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so the, the tricky thing about doing this graphic novel is doing it in this time where um, people think like neo-Nazis or, or, or like the alt-right are a relatively new um, phenomenon in our political landscape. Um, and I, I don't know, like try being 13 and like brown in a place mm-hmm. where <laughs> you have to deal with these people yeah, I mean, that's all one the, the things, time. That's one of the things that was odd. That's, I mean, and there's a, there's a number of irritating issues about the you know, people discovering that Nazis are bad, but, um, <laughs> there's, uh, 
you know, also when when there was that attack at uh, Clockwork Bar mm-hmm. um, with the two eleven boot boys, mm-hmm. um, and everyone was like, "Oh my God, Trump has brought skinheads to New York!" Oh my God, you know, and you're like, "Skinheads have been here," and it's like, well, "Yeah, good, like what? Go to go to Queens, go to Staten Island, go to, like they're skinheads," and and a lot in, in New York is the one of the admirable things about New York is the majority of New York skinheads are. Still psychotic, but at least ostensibly anti-racist. But mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. course, we still have plenty of just you know nationalist, multi-ethnic yeah. nationalists. Yeah, you know. So yeah, skinheads—they're around. <laughs> I think I remember my first encounter with a skinhead. Actually, uh, it was after nine eleven, and a friend of mine—he had interned at McSweeney's, and McSweeney's was doing a thing where it's like, "Hey, we're trying to raise money for this fire station in New Jersey that like." they had heavy losses and we're trying to help out with like medical costs. If you would like just raise money wherever you're at, we'd appreciate that. And my friend asked me like, Hey, will you like, uh, like man, like the donation jar and like talk to people like, sure. And weirdly, or like not weirdly enough. So like, uh, the coffee place this was happening in front of the coffee place was called Osama's. It was this really nice guy named his first name was Osama. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'd known him for years. Everyone in the community, like knew and loved Osama, but like, uh, and we we're raising money. Most people were very, very friendly. But this one guy wearing like a giant, like Misfits t-shirt. Oh, like, Lord. Yeah, like huge, huge <laughs> dude. Uh, like shaved head. Tattooed. A in a Misfits t-shirt? Yeah. Uh, what a poser. Yeah. Like <laughs> sleeve tattoos. And like when I went to school in Columbia, Missouri, and I kind of felt like I knew everyone who went to shows because it's not that big of a town. Mm-hmm. But I'd never seen this dude before. He goes like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, uh, we're raising money. He goes, in front of that place? That guy? And like, he just says some words I don't want to say in my podcast. Uh, like, that's a fucking disgrace. I'm like, I think, I, I think, I wish I told him, like, you should go fuck yourself. But to be mm-hmm. honest, like, he was huge and scary. I was a little intimidated. I was Listen, like, I've, 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 I've backed down from countless skinheads yeah. in my life. <laughs> and I, I think I said something like, They're well, scary. I think I just kind of gave him a, what do you want from me? Look. And he's screaming skinhead pride worldwide and walked away. It's like, oh, my God. And I turn and like later told my friend, like, I didn't know if skinheads were still a thing. Right. So. And this, this is in 2001? Yeah. Wow. I, uh, one, one night I was working at Mars Bar and there was a bunch of the regular skinheads. And, you know, they were again that sort of like, we're not racist, kind of. We, yeah. We, but maybe we like the second Screwdriver album also. Um, <laughs> and, uh. They were, and I, and I had to ask them to stop discussing Brokeback Mountain because it was just like, it was just too much. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you can, you can imagine what their discussion was about Very it. nuanced uh, political you know, takes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I was just like, and I walked over and I'm like shaking. And I was just like, you know, and when you talk to skinheads, you have to, every other sentence has to be no disrespect. You, just, yeah. you have to do That's this. That's their like language. The, yeah. Even in Florida, I'm sure everywhere. It's the yeah. universal thing of being like, listen, no disrespect. Can you guys not say faggot every other word? Mm-hmm. You know, I got I got to work here, and it was this one that's like we can you know we can say whatever we want. And I was like, I get that, mm-hmm. I understand. Just as a professional courtesy, can we just not do this? And then they sort of conferred and decided <laughs> just decided not to kill me. Yeah, um, <laughs> they had a, a week later they threw a chair at me, but that was a separate matter. <laughs> what? Yeah. Your Mars bar, your Mars bars uh, stories are always incredible. Yeah, yeah I bet. It's ridiculous. Um, I feel we could easily do a, a podcast spinoff, which is just tales from the Mars bar. Yeah. Yeah, you know, a lot of them are just just depressing. You know, yeah. it's a but uh, somewhere all right. Um, 
But anyway, back to so uh, we, you know what we were you were still talking about uh, Tumblr. Yeah. No, 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 about no, no, no. Oh, sorry. Uh, the 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 graphic novel you were working yes. with your with your, oh, yeah. your childhood yes, yes, yes. friend. Yeah. Um, we're basically right now. Um, I mean, he's he's going to come up to New York next month, and I'm I'm just going to like record all of our conversations. Um, just trying to. I, I think it helps to have like his memory of things mm-hmm. as yeah. well. Um, and there, I mean, there's just like so much fucked up shit that happened. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. You know, some things like I, I don't even, uh, I didn't even remember. I mean, like for me, I, I never got, uh, I guess I, I've, hmm. My friends always had to hold me back from skinheads. <laughs> right, right. And like skinhead adjacent little fuckers. Like mm-hmm. I was the one who, I mean, I remember one time like, so I I dated the like school drug dealer one time and I was, I was straight edge. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Uh, this was was he a punk or was he just a, 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 he a, wasn't a, punk at all I right. don't know what I was doing I was like a very um I, I was in my like riot girl era and like also my minor threat era and like right. um so it was funny to me because I wanted to be friends with uh this group of like punk boys and mm-hmm. they were all white and they only hung out with white people. And I like, didn't really get it when I just be like, Oh, nice shirt. Like, <laughs> you know, and they like, wouldn't say anything to me. Yeah, right. And, um, then I realized that actually they had been bullying my best friends who were guys. Ugh. Like they wouldn't say anything to me, but they were bullying my friends. And one time going back to the time that they crashed my friend's uh, birthday party, we actually, it was the most ridiculous story. This this is like one story that I would illustrate um, in my graphic novel, but it was this night where I actually, so I was in Girl Scouts until I was 18. Awesome. And I was in Perfect. a punk Girl Scout troop and we all actually, oh my God. So we watched Brokeback Mountain that night. <laughs> wow. It was a, it was a very, another one of these very eventful weekends that could be, you know, it, it this weekend could have been its own movie as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we like all snuck out of my friend's house and she lived in the woods. It was like dirt roads, no lights or anything. So, so that's not terrifying. It, it wasn't terrifying at all. No big deal. And like we were all wearing pajamas. And so we go to this big party that my friend's having at his house, also in the woods. And... Uh, next thing you know, these assholes come rolling up in, in this like big red, like, uh, pickup truck, you know, with like a skull and crossbones on the back of it. It was just oh, so yeah. cinematic. Uh, yeah. Whoa. You have yeah. to let people know that you're bad guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, it was just the most cartoonish thing. And then they like were, they just went there. They heard there was a party going on there and they went and just like immediately started bullying my best friends. And I wasn't taking any of that shit, but I was also like four foot 11. So <laughs> I yeah. don't know what I was thinking, but I had like a little bit of Bacardi in my system and I was like ready to roll. And it was so funny because my boyfriend was there and he was just such a like stoner hippie. He like, really this is not the drug dealer. Yes. Okay. And, but you were not straight dealer. edge anymore. No. Because, you know, Bacardi counts as... Finally broke edge. You broke edge. Okay, okay, okay. Yes. Right, sorry, go on then. Sorry. Yeah, no, when we started dating, I 
I, I think it took me a little while, but eventually I broke edge. Yeah, that's um, how it works. And yeah, what a terrible influence yeah, on me. Um, but yeah, so uh, I was feeling really feisty and I was sick of it because like these guys, they ignored my existence like yeah. every day, but they would, you know, I just really hated the way that like, for one, they, they wouldn't even like, you know, dignify me with like an mm -hmm. answer or anything or any kind yeah. of response. But then the way that they just like would bash my friends all the time was really fucked up. And I was just like sick of it. And I had like, uh, it was so funny. I had like a jacket with like a riot girl patch on the back of it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm going to fucking kill you. Like, <laughs> it like started, like what happened was they like lined us up outside like I, they made everybody get out of the house. Whoa. There were like five of them or something. And like, it was really dark and they made us all get out on this like dirt road. And like, they were threatening to like beat my friend up and he was like sobbing, you know, it was just the worst scene ever. And finally, like, you know, they were like, you know what? Uh, they were, they were like, we might spare you if you know if your boyfriend like gives us drugs and i was like he's not gonna give you anything like i just started freaking the fuck out and then my girl scout troop they were like no 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 don't do it wow. <laughs> like everybody just like kind of helped me back i was like get out of here nobody invited you <laughs> just like freaked out and i had like gym class with some of these guys and had to see them again on monday morning and just kept like staring at them like mean mugging them because like i said my well did they leave the party they eventually left the party and they were like oh you know we're only leaving because your boyfriend's cool that's it like you know because my boyfriend was like whatever whatever like i'll do like I'll hook you up, but like, you really have to calm down. Everybody needs to chill. Like I admire him for that. Cause he was like, he was like, why, why are you yelling? Why is anyone yelling? We should all stop yelling. Right. Like you'll be fine. Um, whatever. Like, let's just talk later. And that's, he like deescalated the situation. I was ready to ramp it up to like mm -hmm. 11. Um, which I think like kind of describes the entirety of our relationship anyway. Um, so it was like, I, that's how I would respond. I, and like I said, it was kind of like a survival mechanism for me. Cause I was like, if I just act scary, <laughs> it, it was a survival mechanism for me because I was like, if I just act scary as hell, then yeah. everybody's going to leave me alone. Seemed to work. It was, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was maybe really that's what funny. you need to tell your brother to do. Yeah. I mean, well, that's, that's what I did tell him to do. I was like, yeah. just act like, uh, I don't know, act, act like you're an X-Men or something. <laughs> Be like totally untouchable. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It was, it was like a funny chapter, but I do think about how, um, you know, the difference between my response and, you know, my, um, male friends responses because I, I think like there's, there's a lot of, um, I, I think even a lot of, a lot of bullies, like, I mean, they'll certainly bully their girlfriends. They'll bully like all these men around them, but mm -hmm. like then it's, I don't know what point I'm trying to make. Well, it's always, <laughs> I think it's always a crapshoot because I think sometimes when there is a bully, you know, whether you're younger, older, it's in a scene, not in a scene, you know, if they're confronted, they will back down or, you know, you bop right. them in those, but then 
50% of the time, they'll be like, yeah, I'm a bully because I'm stronger than you. And yeah. Yeah, now, exactly. now I'm going to kick the living shit out of you and mm-hmm. all your friends. Because yeah. you guys are punks and I actually work out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wasn't. I, that's the thing is obviously when you're like 15, you're not really thinking about stuff very much. And I don't really know what I expected when I like confronted them or when I just like started screaming at them. Um, that had happened like multiple times where like yeah. they'd just done some ugly shit and I I didn't take it. But usually the way that they would respond to me is just be like, oh my God, that girl is so scary. Like, Do you know how where any of them are now? <laughs> I haven't, I haven't checked. Are they all MRA dudes probably? Oh, probably. Yeah. Honestly, I bet they've all like voted for Trump. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be a surprise to me. One of them actually, like, I remember there was one guy um, who was very consistently straight edge, actually, like through uh, the end of high school. I don't know if he still does it yeah. now. Um, but he he actually wouldn't, he wouldn't join in on that stuff. Like he mm-hmm. was friends with these guys at school, but like just spent most of his time with his girlfriend. Yeah. And, uh, like I ended up like seeing him maybe years later and he was like, he, he was just at this like really funny, like indie rock club Mm -hmm. and, uh, in Jacksonville and he was really chill and he'd actually, uh, I think I talked to him because he we'd recently had like a Facebook spat with somebody who we knew right. who was like really homophobic. And he was like, listen, like you can't, you can't treat people this way just because they don't go to your church. Doesn't mean you can treat them like shit. And like yeah. everybody deserve like deserves respect and dignity. And like hearing him say that stuff was like kind of amazing. Um, Cause it was, it was weird. It was like his friends were all the bullies, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think he kind of like, distance himself from that but at the same time i think about him a lot in the sense that i know a lot of people like that um and it's hard to kind of call um you know the uh what what would you call that i guess like a person who's not exactly a bully is just like their friends are all bullies or something bully sympathizer yeah it's an enabler yeah. yeah, kind of an yeah. enabler situation. And I think that, like, everybody has kind of been in that oh, position. hell yeah. 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 Like, we all, like, when you're younger, like, Man, you it had... is so nice not to be the one being bullied. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll, I'll back up any creep. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, you're younger and you're, like, you know, you don't have a lot of friends. So, it's nice right. you're, you let shit fly with your friends when you should, if you were, like. I think it's also, sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. But, like, you know, older, like, you know what, when that person was, like, saying homophobic jokes all the time, I should have just quit hanging out with them, but. I right. want friends. So I put up with it. Yeah. Right. I think it's also it gets a little. It's a. It's you know in 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 the music and the music scene and stuff. You know, it's sort of. You you know you want to have friends that aren't squares. Mm-hmm. You know you want to have friends that, you know, before edgy became sort of like, the same as just being, you know, a fascist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a. You know <laughs> you know it, it was fun to have people that were like yeah. you know you didn't want people that were, you know. Just to take easy a, to e- be around all the easy time. to be easy to, yeah. exactly you don't yeah. want to have friends who are easy to be around yeah. and that means some of them were going to be mean you know taking it back to against me our beloved against me mm-hmm. on the album uh transgender dysphoria blues there's a song called drinking with the jocks and later <laughs> I, I did another interview with laura jane grace and she was like uh and that song is like the lyrics are like i'm drinking with the jocks 
I'm laughing at the, you know, don't want to say the words on the thing, but like the F word and like it goes on like the song accounts, all like the homophobic and sexist jokes, Laura mm-hmm. Jane Grace heard uh, growing up. And I talked to her about it. I was like, yeah, like that's really kind of nails growing up in Florida. Mm-hmm. And she said like, actually what, it, yeah, there's that. But actually what it was like, you know, you'll be like hanging out with these dudes in bands backstage and they'll be like, I'm not racist, but here's a racist joke, right? Mm-hmm. Sexist, and here's a sexist joke. And yeah. you just kind of get tired of that. That's what the song's about. Like, okay, yeah. There was that really, uh, did you read her memoir? Uh, it's on the bookshelf. I haven't read it yet. Oh, okay. I haven't read it either. It's incredible because I think that, um, like, she speaks a lot to just um, having to, for, for a long time, like, while in against me, just, like, constantly feeling pressured to... Um, perform this type of masculinity mm-hmm. and um, ob- obviously we we all know that like <laughs> at, or like we all at some point come under certain pressures to like conform to a certain expectation yeah. um, and so you know for her it was definitely like a matter of survival to like make fun of queer people yeah and there was like a really heartbreaking moment in the memoir where um, I guess her band is touring in in Italy, I think, mm-hmm. and they saw like a group of trans women and like ev- like the guys in her band were just like taking turns making fun of these women, mm-hmm. and she said that was like a she she remembered that as like a super formative experience because she was like oh if I want to like stay you know. Um, this person or if i want if i want to like keep being this person then i'm gonna have to like put other people down and that feels Mm -hmm. terrible like even in general yeah yeah. even generally it's like a really bad feeling um and i I think like everybody sort of you i would like to think that everybody comes to that realization after a while where it's like oh if i have to be around people who like um put down other people so that i feel better then maybe i'm not feeling that great Mm -hmm. um and I, I think that's like a pretty universal sort of lesson. In in her case, it was very formative to her um, developing her gender identity. Yeah. Um, and but I, I think what she spoke to is like a larger theme um, that mm-hmm. I think a lot of people also have to grapple with as they get older. Is just like you know, um, just just thinking about the things that you have to like suppress or sacrifice yeah. to like have friends. Um, it's hard. It's hard well, out there. Well, think, <laughs> uh, you know, against me is always interesting also because, you know, the way that she sang, especially on the first few albums is very much in the tradition of hardcore singers, mm-hmm. um, which is this sort of cartoonish Lemmy rasp, yeah. you know, and it's, it's a really an exaggerated version of, manly shout i mean it's taking mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's, it's it's more cartoonish yeah. than like even a henry rollins because it's not just shouting it's even when you're singing singing like this you know <laughs> yeah and a that's growl. not that's not natural singing voice for mm-hmm. anybody you're yeah. making a decision to sing yeah. like that mm-hmm. and it sounds awesome i support the decision mm-hmm. but it's still no matter who you are it's sort of like and you're not thinking you're not obviously thinking i'm going to do this very manly way of singing but mm-hmm. you're just trying to sound like other people yeah. but it's all like taking that up a notch mm-hmm. and against me especially it was really 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 like <laughs> uh, 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 yeah. you know? 
<laughs> and it was great, but yeah. It was great. It was great. But yeah. it's it's a, you know, it was a cartoon of a cartoon of a cartoon, mm-hmm. you know, with Lemmy at the bottom. Yeah. Um, which um, I dig, but. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny, just like uh, you just being on the internet, hearing people like, you know, you got to talk to your friends about things. If you see them like saying, you know, like being like not cool to people in their life. I think back about how like the very first person who introduced me to punk music, alternative music was this guy I went to Christian middle school with. His name was Sean. And like, he got me Nirvana. He made me listen to the Ramones and we saw the Ramones together, like as the Ramones were like winding up their last tour. So it's like second show I ever saw. And like, he's type of kid that could be really cool. And then like, he would like make fun of you a lot. Or like he was, he would type <laughs> that he would be like, Oh, that's just gay. And later was like, I got enough in high school. It's like, you know, maybe you shouldn't say stuff like that. He goes, oh, shut up, Michael. You're being sensitive. And like, <laughs> uh, or like he would occasionally make a racist joke. and be like, maybe don't do that. And like, but when like would hang out with him because I wanted a friend. Yeah. And you were correcting people in high school? I tried to occasionally. I tried to occasionally. But like, I can't say like I did it consistently. There's plenty of times I didn't. But occasionally I would try. And then like I remember, like I came back from college, was hanging out like over Christmas break. And he was sitting, this is like 2000, he was sitting there snorting coke, talking about how psyched he was to go like, A, see Marilyn Manson next week, B, vote for George Bush. I was like. Yeah, it's good. And like, I remember at the time, I was like, you done changed. And then later I was like, like, no, you're the same. Then later on in life, I was just thinking about this, like, oh no, you like, I just didn't see it. You didn't change. I just was just like not seeing things very clearly. And, And occasionally I'll be like, Maybe I should like get lunch with him next time in town. But like, I know he voted for Trump. I don't want to hear yeah, it. Yeah, don't do mm-hmm. it. Like, it's just not worth the aggravation. You know, I always admired, uh, you know, J- Jason Green, from, not the music writer. Uh, though I admire him too. Great but, guy. Yeah. yeah. Both Jasons are great. But not. not <laughs> with the Y. Not, not who I'm talking about. Yeah. Jason, Jason Green from Orchid and yeah. Panthers oh, yeah. and Violent Bullshit. Yeah. He is someone way before... Um, I heard a lot of other people doing it was always someone that was very vocal about correcting people mm-hmm. if they were using language yeah. and he yeah. didn't care. He would, right. he would get into like fights or almost fights and he, cause he would just be like, I mean, big dudes. He would just yeah. be like, you know, and, uh, and he was always great about it and really funny about it and sharp. And, uh, then I remember when, I don't know if I can just tell the story, but eh, whatever, it's, it'll be, it'll be fine. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He went on, to- Panthers went on tour with High on Fire. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And when he came back, I was like, hey, uh, hey man, uh, how, how, how'd it go with uh, calling people out on their language on the High on Fire tour? And <laughs> he was like, man, everybody on that tour called me a faggot because I brought a book on tour. Whoa. Oh like, my God. I, 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 he's like, I gave up after day two. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, fair. Oh, fair. tough crowd. Yeah. I love High on Fire's music, but yeah. Well, to be clear, I do think that a lot of those dudes, again, like, it's entirely divorced from meaning. I'm not, like, <laughs> saying, like, everyone is homophobic. I don't even think they associate the word with homosexuals at right, this juncture. Yeah. I think it's just yeah. the way yeah. a certain type of dude like, talks. And, and I think that's important. To, I don't want to, like, there I'm, you know, plenty of friends. I'm not excusing it, but I'm right. also not. Yeah, there are plenty of friends that'd be like, do you have to say that? He goes, I don't mean as a gay person. Like, but, like, oh, my God. Come on, I man. I that. Yeah. yeah. I had, um, I actually like waited a long time to like call a friend out on just like she, she just constantly called everything gay and like yeah. 
called everything or everybody like fags or yeah. something like right. baggy and yeah. stuff like that. And she's like a really wholesome white girl who mm-hmm. went to a Christian high school. And it was, it was interesting. I think like, um, we, we were, we lived, we actually, we were, we were in Girl Scouts together and like, um, I would, I would just say sometimes I'd just be like, can you not just, yeah. just like, don't say it. And she'd be like, what? I just mean it's stupid. Like, don't say like, stupid. Calm down. Like, if you don't like something, just say you don't like it. Yeah. Like, it's that easy. And, um, but finally, like, I would just say it like that. And she always, like, would kind of brush it off. And then finally, I, like, got, you know, mad at her because, um, at some point, like, uh, she came to visit me in New York. And mm-hmm. at that point, like, I, I was, dating somebody and had come out to her as a uh, bisexual. And so she and like her family came up to New York, but it was so funny. Cause I was like, Oh, like, let's go to a punk show tonight. Like I'll, you know, I'll take you to Brooklyn. And it'll be really fun. Like just meet us in union square. And mm-hmm. so we get there, but then her dad comes with her and me- mind you, she's like, you know, a 20 year old, at this point, but he insisted on coming with her. Because he's a huge punk fan. Yeah, and like he he went to Union Square and like saw and and the thing is is like me and my partner at the time like walked up and he like just gave us the worst look ever and he was cool. like he was like you're gonna make sure she gets back to the hotel by midnight and I was like I was like all right like. <laughs> Like I grew up with this girl. I knew I knew her dad, but I didn't respect him at all. I was like, it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. but like he just like was giving us the most intense glare. And then like, you he, know he was, he was scared that you guys were gonna convert her. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it was definitely like his nightmare. And um, you know, we were like out with her and she did the thing again. And I was like, seriously? I was like, I just had to be really polite to your dad just now. Like and his like, you know, b- like even <laughs> I'm like getting so flustered now because I'm still kind of yeah. mad. Like, you know, I I think it's hard when you're, um, you know, even some of your like most uh, some of your oldest, most like trusted friends mm-hmm. just like won't stand up for you in those moments. And also just like continues to use language that like is really belittling and awful. And so like I had to you know, set her straight about that. Ha ha. Um, (laughs) and she like, wouldn't use it around me, but then like, you know, occasionally it would like slip or something when we were with like some of our other friends and stuff. And I, I just, it took me years to kind of get through to her on that. And eventually Mm -hmm. I finally just told her, I was like, you don't know how many people you're like alienating by using this language. Like you don't know who, will not feel safe around you because you use this language and it could be somebody that you're really close to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I gave her that talk and then sure enough, like our other, um, best friend, like came out as a lesbian after that. And the thing is she waited for such a long time. Cause she was like, I thought people would like be grossed out by me and I thought I wouldn't have friends anymore. And obviously I was there for her, but like we kind of had to drive it home with our friend. Like right. this yeah, is right. why you don't so you say this with, stuff. Are you still mm-hmm. friends with this person? She's definitely like evolved since right, right, then yeah. for sure. Um, so like, yeah, we're, we're still friends. It just like took, it was like an exercise for me. I was like, I'm probably one of the few people who would 
have patience with her because mm-hmm. it's like I knew where she grew up. Like yeah. I knew her family. I knew exactly where this was coming from. Um, I also understand that not everybody has that kind of patience, mm-hmm. nor do they need to. And I could have easily just kind of like cut her out yeah. if I wanted to. I mean, I have a, I have a, an old friend who shall remain nameless, uh, who's an old New York hardcore guy mm-hmm. and he's just an old New York, like and a, right. and a skinhead and a tough, you know, and he's progressive as hell, but he uses that language. Yeah. And I, and we get along. Okay. Because I tell him not to use it every time he uses it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, fuck off. I'm using, I'm going to talk the way I want to talk. And yeah. he's yeah. terrifying in his own way. And, and we go, I go, all right, well, fuck you. And we just go, got to go back yeah. and forth. And right. I'm like, all yeah. right, well, as long as we all know where we stand, you know, mm-hmm. but it's a, uh, yeah, um, which is you know obviously a compromise on my part, but I'm a compromised motherfucker. Who is it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. After a while, it's like I, I don't know. You have to weigh the uh, risks of like being friends with people like this, you know, and like. And that's the thing. Whether I've you want to share space with them. Totally, and I and I and I and I totally understand those that would be like. Zach, you're you're adding to this by being but I've also seen him in a room full of skinheads on stage talking about gay rights. Yeah. He just uses words that I don't like, you yeah. know? And he the does it in, in an unfriendly audience, yeah. you know, as opposed mm-hmm. to the friendly audiences that we generally like the cognitive you know. dissonance people can have in their minds is just kind of breathtaking sometimes. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Uh we can start wrapping up if you miss because I know you got going at five. Um, work. All right. What'd be a good note to end on? Uh, oh, uh, are you doing a are you doing a new band? I, a while ago, you had talked about that. Are you, oh, I had oh, a, tell. I had a solo project I was working on. Are um, you still working on it? No, I haven't. I haven't touched it in a oh. while. It's because um, I've been trying to work on uh, my comics a bit more. Um, but yeah, I had, or I, I guess I have this ongoing solo project called Mistress Nine. Um, it's a Sailor Moon reference. Okay. <laughs> and uh, it's, I call it my like industrial bedroom pop project. Okay. So like <laughs> the blow meets skinny puppy or? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, a, yeah, actually that that's a good one. There's lots of like atmospheric, like creepy mm-hmm. um, noises and uh, lo- lots of like, sort of like pleasant like melodic moments and stuff i'm just kind of tinkering around with it um i think the the scary thing actually has been uh adding beats to the thing like Mm -hmm. i'm i'm too scared to kind of kill the um the vibe of it like i want it to be really like spooky but i um i'm having trouble like kind of figuring out like the balance if if i like make it um, an actual industrial song. What do you use to make the beats? I'm, I'm, I'm always logic. You use logic. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Didn't you recently interview Al Jorgensen? I did. Oh, how man. was it? It was so funny. It was, it was hilarious because all my coworkers warned me. They were like, Oh, he's like a really crass interview. Like you're, you might be kind of bothered by like some of the stuff that he says. And I was like, you know what? I don't, you know, I don't say shit about what happens in this office. So (laughs) it's like, I can handle it. Mm -hmm. Um, And like it, 
it was actually okay. He behaved himself so well, and I was nice. really surprised. Someone had someone's publicist probably talked to them. I think. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Um, it it was like. He was just so nice. It was mm -hmm. like I was talking. I mean, it's funny because I call him my uh, my Theo. Mm -hmm. He's like my industrial like Cuban Theo. Yeah. Um, and it was it was really fun speaking to him because I think uh, well he's he's working on an album. It was ready when we spoke, but then um, I think they were still like tinkering with Is it. Is it a, a, a new ministry album? Yeah, a new ministry album. Um, they're, you know, I, I think like still working on it. He can't like, I saw Mariah Fest and like, I uh -huh. hadn't thought about ministry in a very long time. What? I yeah. think about ministry all the time. Well, I had it, <laughs> but then I was like, they were playing before like nine Chanel's. I was like, I'll catch himself stuff. It's like, Whoa, damn NWO and stigmata really fucking hold up. These songs are I great. Know. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I, I saw, um, ministry like the day that I interviewed Al mm -hmm. and, uh, it was so funny cause he had this, uh, he has this new song called Antifa. Oh, and is it, it pro or an, an it's pro oh, Antifa. Okay. <laughs> you go, and you go either chorus, way with these dudes, you know, yeah. the chorus is amazing. Like, I don't know, you know how he does those like video collages. Mm -hmm. Um, so he did one, it was like, a. It, it, it was just like a montage of like different um, like black blocks and mm -hmm. um, anarcho syndicalist flags up in the air and just like all, all this like protest footage. And the chorus is, we're not snowflakes. We are the Antifa. <laughs> it is. You should see Zach's face. <laughs> Zach would hate this song, so I think, dumb. actually. No, <laughs> you, you probably would hate this no, song. No, no, I like you, I, listen. Like I, you turn a ministry for subtlety. Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm not, I'm not. It was definitely, it was, it was way more sincere than, um. God bless him. What we're used to. I mean, he's just so excited about Antifa, like kind of, um, uh, the, the fact that their profile is like rising. Yeah, right no, now. I mean. God bless him. Yeah. Does he it, still wear extensions? Oh, you know, I I don't know, but he did have dreads when I when I saw him live. Those were extensions. I I know their extensions. Are... I yeah, I didn't ask about that. I mean, I asked him about um, <laughs> okay. I I asked him about you know being a Cuban American, which was uh, it was actually interesting. Like we had a good conversation about um, what what it's like to uh, just have a sort of distance from the diaspora. He was born in Cuba, but mm -hmm. came to the U S when he was like two and oh, I didn't know that. his mother remarried. Mm -hmm. Um, and they, they grew up like in the Midwest. Yeah. So he grew up like being into like, uh, like race car driving and like lots of country ass shit, honestly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so mm -hmm. we talked about actually kind of, growing up a little bit country, but yeah. also, also being Cuban and being like proud of that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he was like, I'm not going to talk about it too much. Cause I don't really like to talk about shit. I don't know or understand, but you know, I'm fair. proud of, you know, whatever I am. Um, and that, that was, that was a cool conversation. And when is that, is that, that's coming out of Rolling Stone or did it already come out? In Rolling Stone. Yeah. We've, we've like held it off because the album is uh, okay. getting, put off i'm not sure it, it was supposed to be out in february mm -hmm. um but i think it's gonna take a little bit longer you know i have to say i used to uh, and this could be a way to you know wrap things up a little bit uh i i i used to derive so much 
joy from hating Rolling Stone. <laughs> you know, it was a real, it was like it's a okay. constant. And, well, no, this is my, this is my bone that I have a pick with you because uh, I, uh, you know, it's like since I was a kid, it was, mm-hmm. it was the opposition. Yeah. You know, you read Maximum Rock and Roll, you read Punk Planet. Right. And Rolling Stone was this magazine that was still fucking talking about the Eagles. You know, and to was, this day, to this day, not even just when you were a kid. And, uh, <laughs> to this day, but it was just, and, and I get it. And, 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 <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I owe Rolling Stone. I mean, I've probably heard, heard of the Clash for the first time yeah. in mm-hmm. Rolling Stone in 1989. Yeah. You know, but uh, and but even up until the last few years, mm-hmm. I was able to be like, you know, even though while respecting Weingarten, I was still like, <laughs> you know, Rolling Stone, ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. You know, um, and now because of you and a few other people that they've hired in the last few years, um, one of my the great pillars of of, of hate pleasure that I've had <laughs> has been taken away from me. How dare you? So you know, now you can fuck, fuck you, to... lady. Now you can only hate like ninety seven percent of things in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your percentage is going down. That's probably yeah. Well, that's probably a good note to end on. Thank you. Thank you for making it. Thank you. Thank you for taking hate away from Zach. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on here. It was fun. Yeah. And uh, we will see you next time. Drop by Pete's Candy Store if you want. Attention Springwood, my name is Josh Krebs. And I'm Liz Richards. And we're the hosts of Bloody Date Night. So Josh and I have been dating for four years, and Josh loves horror movies, and I hate him. Yeah, so each episode we go through the horror movie franchise canon to watch an episode and then meet up and we discuss it together. And so far it's been going pretty well, right Liz? I think it's gone pretty well so far. Yeah, each episode I try to see how far I can push Liz to watch a really good horror movie until she basically leaves me and it hasn't worked yet. Not yet. And it's awesome because you're the Tatum to my Sydney. You're sweet. And here's a clip from one of our recent episodes. Hello, I'm Exposition. Hey, let me let me tell you what just happened. There's a break-in at this costume store. Somebody stole some ropes, some knives. Somebody stole a mask. They stole $250. They scared a cat. They took two boas. They took two boas. Two feather boas, one uh, set of angel wings. It's one of those goddamn... They're probably having a burlesque. <laughs> probably doing a burlesque show later. I don't know. Oh, Haddonfield. What isn't happening? Haddonfield's first burlesque. Burlesque club. That'd be amazing. I would love that. Um, the Lacey Pumpkin. The la- Ooh. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey!